This is another episode of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm sitting here in Four Stream Studios with Brad Brown. What's up, dude? Hey, man. I'm doing... I was going to say, how's it going? And I realized that I wouldn't have answered your question. But I do that a lot when people go, how's it going, man? I right. go, yeah, how's it going? Well, you know, Jonathan is not with us this week. We're missing him. So mm-hmm. we just wanted mm-hmm. to say hello if he's going to be listening to this episode later. Yep, yep. We really miss him. You're missed. Yep, you're loved. All those positive things. But we have to forge on without him. That's right. We have to continue and, and do another episode. So uh, before we get into what we're doing today, do you have some announcements for us? You know, I do. Thanks for asking. The first one is the Root Seminar. The Roots Seminar is for anyone that's interested in becoming a member of Shades Valley. That's going to be March 7th. So if you are someone that has been listening to this podcast and you're still interested in being a member of Shades <laughs> Valley, then you might have what it takes to last at our church community. But in all seriousness, if you uh, want to sign up, you can do so by emailing the office at office at shadesvalley.org. The meeting will be immediately following the service on March 7th. We'd love to have you. Yeah, right on. And then one other quick announcement I wanted to make. This is a reminder. We are in the middle of uh, the season of Lent, and we have been doing a Lenten daily prayer on Instagram Live. Yeah. Every morning, Monday through Friday during this season. This week, we've actually had Tanisha Garnier do it. Right. It has been amazing. It's been uh, awesome. So there's, uh, I, you know, it's Thursday already. So by the mm-hmm. time you listen to this, you may miss some of those. You can catch up on um, every previous daily prayer that we've done by going to our Instagram. And we've also been posting it to our YouTube channel as well. So you can watch it there, but uh, just kind of stay up to date on that. Sometimes the times may change, but generally it's around eight or 9am in the morning on our Instagram page. So yeah, that's awesome. Real quick. JM's album of the week. JM's album of the Right on. All right, so this week I've got an instrumental album. Wow, what is yeah. what is that? Instrumental music is where there's no singing. Oh, I, it's, really? It's just music. What an what a interesting idea. People have been doing this for a, for a while. Aren't people that are in those kind of bands like super weird though and socially awkward? They're pretty weird. They're pretty weird, and I love instrumental music. And I wanted to highlight a, uh, a, he's a modern classical composer named Max Richter. Okay. Um, he's one of my favorite composers and, uh, he does a lot of ambient and minimalist music and he's composed the scores for the movies Hostiles and Ad Astra, Ad Astra, which was that Brad Pitt sci-fi movie that I came never, out. I never saw it. It's actually really cool. It's really cool? It's actually really cool. Cool, And there's a great review from Alyssa Wilkinson. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, she's a Christian movie critic that works for Vox. Mm-hmm. She had a great review of that film. So watch that film. It's awesome. But the album that I wanted uh, to uh, feature this week is called Voices. Okay. And it's, uh, once again, it's just instrumental, you know, modern classical music, there's two sides to it. The first side has all of the um, compositions, but there's like spoken word over all of them. So there's different themes that you walk through. Um, But then 
the other side is just the instrumental versions of all the compositions, and they're incredible. Okay. Very beautiful, very intense, dramatic, emotional. So if you're into that kind of music, you know, I, I listen to it when I read or when I do different things mm, like that. Yeah, it's just good. nice to have having lyrics. In the background. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called Voices. Voices. By Max Richter. I'm going to check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Well, before we move on, the reason I made the joke about people in instrumental bands is because John Mark was in a band that released oh, two instrumental that's what that albums. Was. That's what you were talking. It was super. It was super about. funny. So I just wanted to make sure that, that people caught it. All right. I am in. I was in an instrumental band called The Sleep Design. We are on Apple Music and Spotify. Yeah, that's my album of the week. Oh man, thank you. Brad's album of the week. Can you name the the name of our album? Yes. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to put it's, you on the spot. <laughs> it's the sleep design. Are we dreaming? No, no I don't know what not. it is. What's it's it okay. called? Dang uh, it. The, the good one is called Kings. And the, Kings? the first one that we did I was called, that. the first one that we did was called all that is music is not silence, which is a CS Lewis. reference. Oh. But, um, but that was like done on a shoestring budget. It doesn't sound as good as Kings does. So I always point people to Kings first, but. Check them both out. I like both the albums. Thank I really you, do. Thank you. Really appreciate your support. Well, what are we doing today? What in the world are we doing? Well, uh, we're not just going to sit here and talk to one another. That's for sure. Uh, to Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very excited. We are doing a meet a member today with Elizabeth Kolakowski, and she is in the studio with us. Yeah. Elizabeth. Hello. Yeah. You didn't know there was going to be an audience. No, but I like it. Yes. Yep. Every episode, a live audience. (laughs) Same joke every episode. Same (laughs) joke. Yeah. Just kind of rotate. Um, First of all, did I pronounce your last name right? You did, and I was impressed as you said it. Good job. (laughs) I I mean, I felt like I did. That's how I've always pronounced it, but I just wanted to double check. I feel like I've had a few people where I've said their name wrong for like a few years, and then they let me know. So I thought this would be a good moment to ask. That's a good moment. It was correct. Yeah. (laughs) Well, how are you doing on this? What's today? Tuesday. No, it's Thursday. <laughs> it's Thursday. Thursday. Brad is Thursday. <laughs> wow. It's, uh, Brad, is Thursday. Deep, Brad is deep in sermon prep, so That's right. it's easy to it not know together. what day it is. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I'm doing well on this Thursday. It's been a crazy week, but it's been good. I'm liking this weather, and I think it's going to get up to upper 70s this weekend. So yeah. I'm pumped. Yes. Yep. It's getting a lot nicer outside for sure. And the mm-hmm. sun's staying out longer. We were just talking about that before the podcast. Are, are you one of those people that gets like somewhat de- depressed when it's dark outside early or Absolutely. are you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a big summer fan. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I had friends that liked it when it got dark early, like no. when it was dark and cold. Yeah. I, I can kind of be like that. Are you that way? Oh, yeah, I can kind of be like, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have an episode like about <laughs> what is wrong with you. <laughs> Instrumental music, dark and cold. I don't know. Sorry guys. Um, but Okay, well, let's dive right in. And uh, normally we start by just having uh, the person we're interviewing tell us a little bit about how they grew up. Uh, Tell us a little bit about their family, where they lived, that sort of thing. Sure. So I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, actually a town outside of it called Rockford. Um, My family, my parents are fantastic. They're some of my closest friends. And I have two sisters, one's older and one's younger. Um, my older sister is undergoing chemotherapy, so she's not working right now, but my oh, younger wow. sister is a meteorologist and thriving. 
Um, and they're both married. They're both great. They're all in Mobile now. But we all grew up in Grand Rapids. Um, gosh, went to a Christian science church, which was oh, wow. quite the time. Oh, wow. Uh, You're going to have to tell us more about that. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. But um, yeah, so because of that, my upbringing was just a little different. It's obviously in the north, so we didn't really talk about Christianity like culturally like in the everyday life so for me it wasn't a big deal I didn't realize it was different to be a Christian scientist um Mm. and then we moved down to Alabama when I was in the middle of sixth grade which is just a really that's a culture shock time to move yeah (laughs) talk about the awkward years um and we moved and went to school there went to high school graduated there then came to Birmingham um for school for I went to Sanford for uh-huh. undergrad and grad school and now I'm I'm working at Service First Bank. Service First Bank. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, before we get into all that, let's go back to the previous statement you made about how you grew up as a Christian scientist at Yeah. Christian scientist, is that what you said? Yeah, that's that's correct. That's the lingo. <laughs> okay, well, for those that may not know, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so... I'm assuming it's not just Christians that say they're scientists, right? <laughs> no, that <laughs> yeah. would be quite the time, too. <laughs> um, no, it's... Uh, some people call it a denomination. Some people call it a cult. It depends on who you are, who you're talking to. But it was created by a lady called uh, Mary Baker Eddy. And she um, had a revelation similar to, I think it was Samuel in the Bible where she felt like the Lord was calling her in the middle of the night and anyway, continued to speak things to her. And she created this group called, or this, I guess, ideology called Christian science. Um, and I grew up in it and I just like really stopped learning about it in sixth grade. So I don't know a lot about like the technical, what they believe doctrine, all of that. Um, but I just know the general ideas from growing up. So I wasn't baptized. We didn't do communion. Um, the main thing you'll hear about it is they don't really believe in the use of modern medicine. So Mm -hmm. they think prayer is the most powerful tool and that goes for missions as well. So, you know, instead of going on mission, they think prayer is, is a more powerful tool. So you'll have, um, you don't have pastors, you have people who are employed to pray for you. Um, and so that was probably the biggest, I guess, thing that sets Christian science apart. Um, but yeah, that's... And, and did you have like regular Sunday morning services? Yeah, we did. Uh, what, what were those like? Yeah, I only, I went to Sunday school. I didn't attend the okay. services often. And Sunday school, we sang hymns with a lot of the same, I guess, melodies that you would hear in other denominations, but different words, which oh, was really? interesting. So I remember going to a Methodist church later and being like, this is familiar, but different. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I remember. But then I went to a few of the adult services and they have people called speakers and they'll get up um, and there's this kind of um, compilation of thoughts from Mary Baker Eddy where you're supposed to read it like alongside the Bible. It's called the science and health. So they would give up and it was pretty liturgical. So they, they would all read the same, I guess, section like each week at different Christian science churches. Do you know how your parents found, found that church? Yeah. So my dad grew up Catholic um, and then he fell away from the faith. Uh, but when he, he and my mom grew up together and when they started dating, when they decided to get married, he had no interest. But one of my mom's stipulations was our kids will be raised in the Christian Science Church. That's how she was raised. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 
So that so you were in the Christian Science Church. You said through sixth grade. So basically, yeah. When you moved to Alabama, correct. What was that because you couldn't find a Christian Science Church, or your family couldn't find a Christian Science Church where you moved to, or did you guys mm-hmm. just pull away from that from that church? We always had kind of one foot in, one foot out, um, just because like the Christian Science Church. To be a member, you can't drink, you can't gamble, you can't. There are different rules, and my parents didn't agree with all those rules, so we weren't actually always members. Okay. Um, and we also did take some medicine, like if we had a really bad fever, so on and so forth. But Do you remember feeling guilty about that? or No, I didn't. Uh, what I remember is there were these kid magazines from the Christian Science Church, and I remember have, us having a folder of them, and so whenever we were sick... Like we would, the only, the only time I really remember talking about God is prayers before bed, prayers before meals. And then when I was sick, getting out those articles and reading about healings, um, Hmm. and praying for that with my parents. Uh, but that's really the only time it was ever discussed. Um, and then when we moved down to Alabama, my grandparents retired down in Daphne. And so it was really important to my mom that we go to church with them and they went to a Methodist church. So we just joined that church. Was there a Christian scientist church in Mobile? Yeah, there's. I think there's one in Fairhope, I want to say. There are a few reading rooms, which are like kind of prayer rooms slash libraries. Um, but no, I, we never went. So when people are downtown and they see Christian science reading room, is is that the same thing or is that <laughs> yeah. something different? Yeah, there's, no, that's there's the one. Thing. There was one in downtown Birmingham. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that building is no longer in use, but I remember always seeing that sign. I think it's like over yeah. there on first Avenue or something like that. Yeah. People remember. usually see it and they think Scientology, not right. the same thing, right. by the way. Very different. Have yeah. you, did you ever go to one of those uh, reading rooms? No, not that I can remember. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. So w- was that real ahead. quick? Was that difficult for like your mom grew up in that ideology in that world? And so was that difficult for her to all of a sudden just start going to a Methodist church? Yes and no. Uh, she held on to a lot of the same thoughts and ideas. They have a devotional, so she still read that. And um, she's a she's a pretty open-minded person. And so mm-hmm. she, she saw value also in the Methodist church, and she really enjoyed being with her parents there. She's a big family person. Um, so I think it was probably difficult because a lot of the ideas are different. The Southern culture discussing Christianity was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad ended up becoming a Christian at that church. And so as soon as that happened, it was, you know, they, they wanted to stay cause they both had a pretty good community there. So it mm. started off probably difficult as it was for all of us, mm-hmm. but then they found home. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about your testimony and coming to the faith, when do you see that kind of happening in your life? <laughs> what a time. Oh gosh. <laughs> so I remember moving in sixth grade and, being so floored because the first question people would ask was, you know, who are you? Where are you from? What's your name? And like, seriously, the next question, where are you going to church? (laughs) And I was just not used to that. Um, and so we started going to this Methodist church. I ended up going through confirmation in sixth grade. Usually you would do it in fifth grade. Um, I remember learning a lot. I don't really remember what we learned (laughs) to be honest, but it was fun. It was the first time where it was like other people, my age, we were doing fun things outside of just, you know, Sunday school. Mm. Um, and it was a a cool social thing. Mm -hmm. Um, started going to youth group and that's kind of when I started having people would say things. And because I didn't have a normal theological background, 
I would just have so many questions all the sure. time. I'm pretty sure. I you were that kid. I was that kid, but I wouldn't <laughs> ask them is the problem. I would, I'd kind of uh, hint at them and see if I could, if the person might like talk about it. Um, and most of the time they didn't, or I would ask like, why is there suffering in the world and how can God be good? And you know, the youth pastor at the time's like, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> poor, poor buddy. I don't uh, know. Here, here's some pizza. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're a sixth grader. Why are you asking these things? Um, so yeah, so I was confirmed and baptized in the Methodist church in sixth grade, started going to youth ministry. Um, my dad became a Christian around the same time. And so it started becoming a part of our daily family life, which mm. was new, but also really beautiful. I, I remember just being kind of excited about that. Like, oh, this is a cool new thing. It brought our family closer together. We're already pretty close. So um, that was neat. And then throughout middle school, I kept asking the same questions over and over again. I couldn't seem to find answers um, whether I just wasn't receiving the answers or no one knew the answers. I don't quite remember, but mm. um yeah, I just had all these questions and I had met some atheist friends and they were, you know, talking about science and how, you know, maybe God isn't real and mm. um, kind of fell into line with them and was kind of questioning like, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> like People can't, Christians I do know can't seem to answer the questions I have. And um, then I also saw a lot of hypocrisy in the church and I was like, mm. I don't know about this whole Christianity thing. Um, my poor parents were <laughs> super, super patient. Um, I remember there was one time where I was, I think I was obsessing with the fact that I couldn't hear God's voice. Because um, in the Christian science tradition, it's like Mary Baker Eddy heard God's voice audibly. And so mm. I was so upset because people would always talk about hearing from God. And I was like, am I just like, is something wrong with yeah. me? Does God not want to talk to me? Like I'm, I'm a people pleaser. So I was like, I'm doing everything right. I'm praying. I'm asking God these questions. I'm asking people, I'm reading my Bible. Why can't I hear God? Yeah. Um, and I just, I remember asking my dad that he's like, well, Elizabeth, God's not a vending machine. You can't just like ask things from him and he'll give it to you. And then and this is truly how I felt at the time. I was like, well, I'm not either. <laughs> um, and so I just got really angry and just really confused. Mm. Um, and had a great youth pastor at the time who helped me create a prayer journal. And he was like, it's not always an audible voice. You know, it just, God can talk through many different avenues, sometimes thoughts, sometimes songs, sometimes people. And so I started kind of getting in line with that. Um, but it wasn't until, gosh, high school I think where I started actually thinking okay I think God is real mm. um like kind of confirming that I kind of laid on the kind of just being not really focusing on it side of things until 10th grade I had a really good friend pass away in a car wreck um and I started it became very real to me like life and death and I was like oh gosh I should mm. I should think about this and I should determine wow. what I believe um and so I started exploring more um journaled a lot that's really how I started hearing from God I would be journaling and thoughts would just pop in my head but it wasn't until I got to Sanford where I was surrounded by these people who grew up in the faith like constantly like they were talking about discipling people and they're talking about sanctification and justification and I was like what are you saying <laughs> like who are these people but yeah. I had some great and incredible mentors um, at the time, I went to the Church of the Brook Hills and was hearing mm. from David Platt, who has mm. a way of preaching where he starts off super simplistic and then delves really deep into those simplistic topics. And mm -hmm. that was like really, really crucial for growing in my understanding of scripture yeah. and the Lord. Um, but I remember 
being hired as a camp counselor for Windshape Camps for Girls, which was a great experience. And it was the one summer, I think my first summer working there, we were practice giving a 90-second testimony. Mm. Um, and we were given a very clear framework of like, this is your life before Christ. This is your life encountering Christ. And this is how your life has changed mm. after you've like submitted to Christ's lordship. And I had never been, I've never thought about it in that way. And I came to this recognition, like rec- I recognized yeah, that yeah. I didn't, like my life, I didn't submit to the Lord's lordship like Mm. i just lived for other people to please other people to meet other people's expectations and that's how i was functioning um which was a very interesting place to have that revelation in the middle of a whole group of people in an (laughs) auditorium and i was like huh i was hired by this christian camp and i'm not entirely sure i'm a christian (laughs) cool (laughs) um and so i just remember being like okay got it and that's the moment where i consider myself like becoming a Christian because it was my first understanding of this is what it means Mm. to have like God is my father and my master Mm. almost um Mm -hmm. and then from there just like continued to find great community started a community group my junior year called house church which is how I met John Kegley um and a lot of people who went to shades here oh wow yeah um and it just grew that's you know Sarah and Alec Hirsch were Uh part of that as well it's how they met Um, yeah, so it was a really... So you're the reason they met. I mean, <laughs> me and Barrett Merrill, like, <laughs> we, we can claim that. Them. I, I'll, I'll claim half of that. I'll claim <laughs> half of that. But yeah, no, it was really cool to watch them meet and then their relationship grow. Um, but that happened, like, a lot, and it was just this really great group of people, um, a great community, super authentic. Uh, obviously, community's messy, so it was messy, but... It was really beautiful. It was the first time I was like, this is how we live as Christians. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then from there, you know, just continued to grow in my faith. So you had that community group, and is that what led you to find Shades? Because you met some of those people? Or um, how, did you fi- how, how did you find Shades? So I'm a, something there about me. I'm super loyal. And so I had a hard time leaving Church of Brook Hills, but David Platt left, and there was a sermon talking about like if you're here just for the pastor like you shouldn't be here and I was like welp (laughs) (laughs) I I came to hear this feels personal and I was like you're right if like if that's the reason I joined this church which I didn't join the church but if that's the reason I'm attending this church then maybe I should rethink of where where I need to be um and so I started praying about it and my roommate at the time Chandler McLaren now Boucher she used to go here in college she was like just come with me and I said okay so I went and I remember going and being like wow it's it's like hippie church and i really like it oh. <laughs> uh, yeah it's very different from brook hills yeah it's, <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah and i was just yeah it was very now different. i'm curious when you say hippie church what what are the first things that come to your mind when you think <laughs> hippie church i mean okay let's think about our service guys we yeah, have the, fla- the flags right okay, okay. Yeah. yeah we have the spontaneous speaking at the microphone which yep, to me yeah. was very like wow like free flow free <laughs> flowing you know flowing, yeah um the music was was sometimes spontaneous as well and mm. a lot of people like moving around swaying <laughs> a little bit of dancing occurred from the college <laughs> section i was sitting in um and just like people like people sitting on the floor yeah people yeah. sitting on the floor drinking coffee just really chill and i was like this is great <laughs> lots of beards. Lots yeah, of yeah. Really <laughs> casual, like dress code, which I appreciated. And I was just like, this is 
this is cool. Um, and I liked the size. And then I heard Jonathan preach and I was like, yep, here we are. Mm. Um, and then I continued to get to know people and started getting involved and um, mentioned after I graduated from Sanford. I did that end of junior year, first semester, senior year. I studied abroad in Argentina, so I was gone for a semester. Came mm. back end of senior year, went to Shades, graduated, was still at Sanford working and getting my grad degree and um, met with Jonathan and was like, hey, there's no like young professionals group. And he was like, yeah, you want to start one? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> oh, I'm in grad school. I don't know. And then I just, I did. So. Yeah. Well, we definitely want to talk about that. Uh, two things though. One, mm-hmm. from your testimony, you know, you talk about you were in middle school mil- uh, when you uh kind of identified as an atheist for a season right or was that early high school that was middle school um and like I still in the back of my mind was like God's probably real but I'm not sure about it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but just that you were always such a thoughtful kid and that (laughs) you didn't just accept something like you wanted to figure it out for yourself and I can remember a former youth minister saying like when it comes to middle schoolers and high schoolers, those that might have a tendency to rebel or push back or want to forge your own path, have patience with them because they're um, people that think deeply and don't just accept what they're being told. And often later in life, these people can be strong Christian leaders and can be um, very thoughtful Christian uh, scholars and, and readers. And so just as long as I've known you, you've always struck me as someone that doesn't just accept the norm that does question and ask. You always want to know about books. You want to know about resources. Like you want to know more. And so that was really cool to hear about in your story about how you've always kind of been that way. And the <laughs> Lord, the Lord has used that and shaped that to, to make you a Bible study leader and uh, someone that can can give wise counsel to the church. So that was cool to hear. Thanks. Yeah. And it really influenced the way when I was a camp counselor for two summers, the, the age group I was I was teaching was rising ninth and tenth graders. And it, so it's around that age frame. And y'all like nine times out of ten, they all are like most of them are like that. Mm. Um, so it was really cool that the Lord used my questions. And at that time I had I mean, I had gone through so many really complicated questions to a certain point, and so I was able to help them walk through them too. So it's really cool how kind of God used the way he made me to help, you know, those middle schoolers, high schoolers start kind of along the same path of asking the same questions and actually realizing there are answers. You just have to work for them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to hear more about what you studied at Sanford and where you are now, and we want to hear more about the Bible study. But before we do that, John Mark, it feels like a good time for a lightning round. What do you think? I think so, Brad. I think it's time for the lightning round. All right. Cool. It's good. good. Really really sets the tone. Really sets the tone. Do you know... You familiar with this? With yeah, this I've listened round? to it a few times. Okay. I remember a question about eggs. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the first question. Yikes. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm prepared. Yeah, that's this, it. Is, <laughs> this is hard-hitting journalism that's right, right here. These, that's this right. is going to be real intense. No, no, no. Really, just answer the questions as quickly as possible. We've definitely gotten better at this in terms of picking out questions that 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you mm-hmm. can answer quickly. Mm-hmm. So here we go. How do you like your eggs? Soft boiled is the new is the new way I like my eggs. Soft boiled. I know soft it's boiled. weird, but I don't like hard boiled eggs. I thought I would try soft. That's the way to go. Yeah, wow. my my oldest son Moses loves boiled eggs. Um, how do you like your coffee? Black. Yes. All right. <laughs> is it all, did you start that way? Uh, no, I started with just like a little bit of milk and then I was like, you know, we can just cut that out. I, I realized I was lactose intolerant. So oh. it was a quick, it was a yeah, yeah, quick yeah. Blow. Are you like a coffee snob? Do you have like, do you, when you buy coffee are you like, you're not going for like Dunkin' Donuts or something like that. You're like right. getting the really expensive stuff. Yeah. yeah I, I do French press every morning. You still have time press to do that. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I've got, we have a, we have like a uh, Mr. Coffee. Ah, yeah. we're we, we used to do, we used to do French press all the time and then we had kids. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear this happens. Uh, yeah. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok? Ooh, probably Facebook. Wow. Okay. I know. Instagram is just like people selfies a lot and it's just like artistic, which I can be artistic, but not on social media. Facebook, I like to catch up with old friends, and it's mm. like, oh, I have friends around the world, so it's a good way to keep up with them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have a TikTok? I don't, know. That means you're old. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, wow. When, feel? when my When I was in uh, Sanford and I was recruiting students and they stopped having Facebooks and only having Instagrams, so I was like, okay, there's, there's a real difference now. I don't know if I like that. Right. I know. I know. Well, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh, that's a hard question. Yeah. Right now? Well, you know, pandemic aside. Pandemic. Because oh, <laughs> you've been posting uh, pics of you from previous travels, right? On yeah. social media? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I love to travel. So I, the hard part is, do I want to go back to a place that I love or go to a new mm. place? Oh. Um, pick, pick both. Pick both. So going back to a place I love, I'd love to go back to Argentina because I just, I lived there for five months and I love it. Yeah. Um, new place, I would love to explore Asia. I think I would really like to go to China or yeah. Japan. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Favorite animal? Ooh, probably a dolphin. Uh, have you ever uh, swam with a dolphin before? No, but it's on my list to do. <laughs> no worries. Checklist. Checklist. It's there. For sure. Have you, Jan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. All right. Fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Bieber is. Oh, I don't even know how to fill in that blank. Complicated. <laughs> That's a great answer. All right. That's a great answer. I'll take that. All right. This is a question that uh, you're probably not going to know the answer to, but I'm just going that's the point. What do you think <laughs> globophobia is? Globophobia. globophobia. You know? Take a guess. Either fear of the world or for some reason I'm thinking like I'm trying to think of Latin roots here. Oh. Maybe fear of mm. heads? Does globo mean I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I can't give you a derivative or anything like that. <laughs> Latin. But yeah. uh, apparently it is a fear of balloons. And, oh. and also the balloon. And Being also close? the sound yeah. of balloons popping. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's that's both fair. Of those. That's balloons. Really scary, so I, yeah, you were on the right track with like the world, the globe. Yeah. You know? I was, I was yeah, getting Yeah, that's good. You're fear close. Close, for sure. We okay. should have known. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? 
Spaghetto is the singular word for a piece of spaghetti. Spaghetto. <laughs> that's so false. <laughs> Who thinks that's true? The internet said that it's true. No, it's no. Like, oh. So it must be true. Wow. Here, here's what they say. The, on the internet. On the, on the internet. Yeah. Generally, Italian words ending in O are singular, and words ending in I are plural. Lots of spaghetto make spaghetti. <laughs> Yikes. Ne- never heard it. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's some fact checkers yeah. out there that can get uh, on That's that. right. That's know. right. We can try to make it a thing. <laughs> For spaghetto. sure. Spaghetto. Hey, I want a bite of spaghetto, please. <laughs> uh, just one. Okay. Yeah, you could go to Olive Garden and order the... Spaghetto, just a single spaghetto, so tasty. And then Endless video salad and it breadstick, while, you're, so. while you're ordering, just to see the reaction. Right. <laughs> All right. And finally, an animated character or an actress to play you in a biopic about your life. Who would it be? Oh wow! An animated character or maybe an actress. Mm. Honestly, just because I think she's awesome, Emma Watson. Ah. She is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always wanted to be Hermione as a kid. Oh, big Harry Potter fan? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Did, so you like the films, obviously, too. Yeah. Do you have a favorite film? Favorite a Harry Potter film? film? Oh, wow. Just for the storyline is the third. Favorite book is the first. But yeah, I was the kid waiting for for a letter at age 11. <laughs> I was. I loved Harry Potter. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, you survived. That was it. it. That was it. Cool. That was it. That was the lightning. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Well done. 100 points. Well, except for the two you got wrong. Yeah. But <laughs> well, that's top, of, top of the leaderboard. Right. Yes. For sure. <laughs> Goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I said we want to talk about two things. Uh, mm. The first is uh, what did you study at Sanford? Yeah, so I studied international relations was my major, and my minor was Spanish. Uh, Loved it. It was a lot of talking about how different nation states interact and what creates a nation, which are the people. So it's also studying people. Um, And then Spanish, that's why I studied abroad in Argentina to get a grasp of the language. Now, why did you choose that major? Um, I remember being in, I don't know, eighth grade. I grew up in a family that was very... Um, outspoken within our family unit about politics like we used to we had family dinners we used to have to read a news article and then present it at dinner wow that was my family oh my up. goodness <laughs> i know i know that's that's kind of awesome yeah in a way. as I an mean, adult you're like okay that's cool but as a kid it's like are you serious <laughs> um so i always grew up like being pretty comfortable with political discourse and I remember hearing something on the news and just like someone said something I was like did they never like go to a history class like we tried that before it didn't work and so in eighth grade middle school atheist (laughs) Elizabeth this moron on TV (laughs) have they not studied history yeah oh Oh, that's I was quite the quite the kid (laughs) gosh could you imagine being a child now and having to Sit Holy down at cow. dinner and oh, talk about the news and and yeah, yeah that wild. would be that would be a mess. like choose an article to present to your family. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, not many great choices. But that's there. actually pretty cool yeah, yeah. though. I mean, I yeah. feel like that. I mean, number one, it like promotes like critical thinking and and discourse, like you said, and being able to be open about 
things that for whatever reason seem to be it's like taboo to talk about politics sometimes but but mm. that but that is interesting that's that's a pretty cool thing yeah. i may i may have to do that as my kids does your older. family still do that <laughs> <laughs> we don't but we we often talk about politics yeah. um because i don't see eye to eye with my parents and everything and i'm i'm the peacekeeper i'm the middle child so i'm the oh, peacekeeper yeah. in the family mm-hmm. so i can have like an hours long discussion about something I disagree with someone on politically and like at the end just be like, yeah, okay, cool. We disagree <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's fun. But yeah, so I was interested in politics and, um, got, went on, I think like a prospective student tour at Sanford mm-hmm. and a professor there took me aside after a class I sat in on and was like, what are you interested in? I was like, well, I'm interested in politics, but also economics and also cultures and also language. And she's like, all right, you need to do international relations and i said awesome so that's what i did wow Wow. yeah did you have kind of an idea of what you wanted to do at the time oh can't wait i for a while i wanted to go into public office and then i had an internship in montgomery i worked at the state house for a semester under a representative there and i saw a lot of corruption and decided this is not for me Um, Imagine that corruption. We just got another podcast episode. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, Yeah. so decided prob's not for me. Um, And then after that, I started in my major, we talked a lot about uh, developing nations. So then started wanting to work more on a community level. Like how can we work toward poverty alleviation? How Mm. can we help like determine the needs of a community and then help meet those needs in a long-term capacity? But when you graduate with a major in international relations with no relevant work experience, <laughs> it's not always a job you can just jump into, <laughs> um, which is why I decided to stay at Sanford to get a graduate degree in business, because I also learned that business is a huge part of developing communities, obviously. So mm-hmm. that's what led me to that. Yeah. Okay. And tell us again where you are now. I'm at Service First Bank as a risk analyst, which sounds really boring. Um, and to most people, it probably is. I love Excel spreadsheets. I'm one of those people. Oh yeah. Uh, everything, everything, every list I have is probably an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I do a lot of centralizing risks for the bank to report it to the government and to create value in a way of like, if we have low risk somewhere, then we have opportunities to take more risk so it can be more profitable for the bank, so on and so forth. Oh, wow. So how'd you uh, find this job? That's a great question. <laughs> so I was in grad school and recognized, oh, I like finance. Who knew? Yeah. Um, it's like, okay, how can I how can I combine finance but also like community development, and uh, banking was the answer, uh, one of the answers. Yeah. And so I had an old family friend who ended up moving from Daphne to Birmingham. Um, and he, I was like, can I meet with you just to learn about what you do? And he uh, worked in the risk management department. And so he started talking to me about risk. And it's a lot of kind of like puzzles. You're trying to put a whole bunch of pieces together. And Mm. it's like, ooh, I would like this. (laughs) And so he basically was like, well, there's an opening. So I applied, got the job. And here I am. Here you are. That's awesome. And do you enjoy what you do? I do enjoy what I do. There are some stressful moments. It's a growing bank. So um, I call it. I call it kind of like a nonprofit sometimes work environment where a lot of people are expected to do a lot of things that aren't technically their job. Mm. Uh, I think that's most jobs though. So we, mm. I wear a lot of hats, but yeah. um, constantly learning, which is important to me. I like to learn and I work with some really great people and the bank itself. I just, I'm really on board with their mission and what they do. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So 
the second thing we said we wanted to talk about was the Bible study that you lead at Shades, and you briefly uh, mentioned starting the group. And what year was that? Ish. I, I want to say that was twenty. Maybe it was the end of twenty seventeen. It may have been twenty eighteen. I think it was end of twenty seventeen, though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And was it just you that started the group, or? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it sure was. And I was in grad school at the time. So the only day we could meet was Sunday before church because I was working full time during the day. And then I had class at night. Um, and I remember it just I think there were like three people who would come regularly for a good like year, year and a half. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And then I started getting emails from random people. I think it was after we put it on the website. Um, that helps. Plug for the website, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started getting these emails, and people just kept showing up. And about once a month, I'd get more emails. And pre-pandemic, I think we had 17 people. And then the pandemic, I don't know, we we're all over the place, and and we're kind of getting back to those numbers again. So it's it's really been the biggest blessing in my life, honestly. It's a group of of women from like late college years to early 30s um, who are really, really really wanting to dig into the word in a, in a deep way mm. and to kind of apply it to their lives and uh, live life together as well. So um, it's been a huge blessing. Yeah, I can, I always wait for the email from Elizabeth. It's like, okay, <laughs> our, our community group is doing the book of Leviticus. Uh, do you have a, a guide, a commentary that can help us walk through that book? Or yeah. You know, y'all did, y'all beat us to the punch, right? And y'all yeah. were studying the book of Revelation. Yes, that was It was a lot. year before Jonathan preached on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did the mm-hmm. book of Revelation, mostly because we were all afraid of it. We're like, we don't want to be afraid of scripture. So we dug into it, and then we were super thankful when Jonathan decided to preach on it, because we're like, oh, good, we need more information. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we did. We did Revelation, and then we, I think, followed that with the Psalms. We needed to just chill for a second (laughs) and then joshua and now we're going through the minor prophets yeah so as a group that just kind of goes from one book to the next uh what have been some of the challenges that you found from doing that and just walking through a a book of the bible in a small group setting 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 in a small group setting And uh, what are some of the challenges and what have been some of the, the benefits? What's some, of the, what's some of the fruit that you've seen? So some of the challenges, I would say, is the structure. Because with each book, we, we have a discussion, like usually an hour-long discussion on, you know, what worked for us last time, what didn't, what do we want to change. So we use several different study guides, books, or resources to help us set what we read when. Um, and I'm a very planned, structured person. Hello, I'm in banking. So, like, for me, it was it's hard to just kind of float from thing to thing to thing without a plan. And so sometimes it was difficult because, gosh, we would, it's just, all the books are so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when you're going through something like Revelation, where it's, it's really steeped in the Old Testament and you're trying to figure out what it's trying to say. And then you yeah. go into Joshua and it's, it's kind of repetitive. Mm. Um, and so it's difficult because when you're going through book after book like that it's it's difficult to kind of come up with new discussion questions when a lot of the content is you know you're learning the same things over and over again which is what we need because right. we sit in the same way over and over right, again right, but right. uh yeah so that's probably the biggest challenge um is just determining what resources we're going to use or mm. um you know how we want to structure our discussion um whether I provide discussion questions or we use like pre-made discussion questions. 
uh, for the benefits, the fruit of it, uh, because we don't really break, <laughs> we just keep going. Um, we've really developed some pretty deep friendships. So uh-huh. we don't, it's not like a, a study you go to and then you pause for like the summer, right? It's, you know, it's kind of an over, it's become an overflow of our, our fellowship with one another. It's uh-huh. like, of course, we're going to meet and continue to study because that's our, that's what our friendship is based on. Mm. Um, and so we don't want to stop. <laughs> and yeah. so that's been really beautiful to see too. Wow, that's really encouraging. So if there was someone out there, maybe they're in college, maybe they're an adult and maybe they've thought, you know, I would love for there to be a group, a small group or a Bible study, but I just don't see it at the church right now. But there's definitely no way that I could do that. <laughs> Uh, what, what would you tell them? Yeah, so I thought the same thing. Hi. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Elizabeth. Yeah, <laughs> I, I seriously was, and I had people tell me all the time the first year and a half when it was only me and three people, sometimes two, sometimes just me. Like, I had people, I had my parents, I had like some great friends tell me you should just stop. Um, and I just felt like the Lord was like, nope, keep going. And I, gosh, didn't have time for it, but that was something I felt called to. And it was just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going because this is something I want in my life. This is something I need, something I feel called to. So Mm. you can do it. Uh, (laughs) Ask for help. um, Figure out, like, kind of, it helped me to zoom out and say, okay, what's working? What's not? How can I better connect with people? Um, But, yeah, I would just say, you and not in a way that's, like, condemning because some people, like, really, they do need to cut things out of their lives because they are way too busy, like myself. But kind of list out your priorities and say, you know, is this something I really feel like the Lord is calling me to in this time? You know, ask for advice, uh, do some soul searching, but ultimately you're going to make time for things that you want to prioritize. In terms of logistically starting it, that's pretty. Shays is Shays is pretty laid back about starting a small group. You meet with Brad. You talk about it. Uh, yeah. So that's what I would say. Oh, that's awesome. Well, JM, do you have anything else? Did you mention when your small group or when your community group meets? Yeah. So it's Tuesdays. We we show up between six thirty and seven. <laughs> we try to start like actually discussing scripture at seven. Uh, mm-hmm. We meet in uh, three of the girls rent a house together in Southside. So we meet there generally on their porch. If it's warm enough inside, if it's not, if you're not comfortable with that, we do have a laptop that some people choose to zoom in on. Sure. Mm-hmm. And there's a mic so you can hear everybody usually. That's oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. um, and yeah, we, it depends on the night, but we try to finish up around eight thirty. Sweet. That's awesome. I mean, I feel like, we should start a politics podcast with you. <laughs> Let's at some do point. it. You know, I was I was thinking that. I would love that. I, I mean, like I mean, <laughs> definitely bring you in and have a have an episode de- dedicated to something. We can talk about that later. But oh yeah, for cool. sure. We got three or four more episodes. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. so. Meet a member is just kind of an entryway, uh, right? Yeah. Right. It is mm. to bring yeah. people <laughs> back on. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Well, thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, I thank really y'all. This was it. fun. Yes. You know, one thing I was going to ask you at the beginning of the podcast that I didn't get the chance to is when I email you, half the time I say Elizabeth, half the time I say Liz, but I never know if Liz is like, is Liz, does everyone call you Liz? Do only close friends call you Liz? How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, so I introduce myself usually as Elizabeth, but okay. most people shorten it to Lizzie or Liz. Yeah, Lizzie, um, that's right, that's right. And I don't, ha- I really, the problem is I don't have a preference, and so people get frustrated because they're like, just tell us what you want to be <laughs> called. And I always say, like, whatever you're feeling, really. Uh, so one doesn't feel weird. No. Because, like, my name's Bradford, but I go by <laughs> Brad, and when people call me Bradford in formal settings and they don't know that I go by Brad, it always, it sounds weird. weird. So I didn't know if Elizabeth sounded weird if it was like, oh no, that's normal. No, I'm Elizabeth at work. I'm Elizabeth a lot of times at home. Um, And then most of my friends call me Liz or Lizzie. I think Jonathan calls me Kolakowski because he doesn't know which one to call me. (laughs) 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 Which is fair. Uh, Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so you just, you pick one, you go for it. You can change it up if you want to. Okay, okay. Keep me on my toes. Good. Well, I feel I feel so much better now. I'm so, <laughs> so glad we solved that. I'm so glad. But yeah, but like JM said, thanks so much for coming in. It was so much fun getting to hear more about your story. And we're so thankful for not only who you are, but everything that you do at Shades Valley, how you serve this community. You're such a gift to us. Oh, thanks, guys. Cool. Awesome. Well, this has been another episode of uh, Shades Midweek. Till next time.